G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss now for over a year. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what that journey has been like. I also wanted to give you some information about intermittent fasting, talk to people that are doing it, and bring in some experts in the field, including some leading authors of some great books about the subject. Talk about the highs, the lows, the triumphs, the celebrations, the negatives, the positives, and everything in between. Nothing is a silver bullet, as they say, but intermittent fasting is about the closest thing that you can get to a perfect health plan with a side effect of weight loss. So sit back in the next few weeks and enjoy life on the fasting highway with us. Thank you. G'day. Welcome to the Fasting Highway, and this is episode 33. So just before I get to today's guest, I just wanted to wish you all a happy new year and all the best for 2021. And I know that this year is going to be your year. Also, I just wanted to thank people for the support of the podcast. Um, some of you may have seen uh, we just made the 55,000 plays of the Fasting Highway podcast, and that is just fantastic. And I can't tell you how humbled I am by that. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Uh, also, those that have been buying my book, The Fasting Highway, about my journey uh, over the last three years, uh, thank you. Um, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate all the great compliments and reviews and the dozens of messages I've received from people that saying it's resonated with them. So I'm really glad it's been helping a few people. So thank you so much. Anyway, let's get to today's guest, and that's Billy Flanagan. And Billy is from St. Paul in Minnesota, where he lives with his wife and daughter. And Billy is 39. And Billy's health transformation has been quite remarkable, which has been driven by the fact that he does have a special needs daughter. And Billy's love for his child and his wife has seen him turn his health around in a dramatic transformation over the last few months. And here to tell us all about that amazing journey is Billy Flanagan. Oh, good day, Billy, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, much appreciated, mate. And uh, what we'd like to do, mate, is if we could get a bit of your backstory and what led you up to finding intermittent fasting? Yeah, so how I got to intermittent fasting is kind of a um, uh, unique story. But, you know, when I was a kid, I was never, you know, like your quote-unquote uh, picture for, for fitness. I was never the strongest kid in class or, you know, the most fit. But I had a, a lot of stamina, and I, uh, I worked out a lot. Um, I used to ride my bike a lot. Uh, we had a BMX track in our yard. I used to ride until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I uh, raced dirt bikes, raced stonebills, so I had a lot of an adrenaline and can keep going for, you know, all the way to my early 20s, I was doing that. And then when we got married in 2004, uh, we moved to Montana, a couple of states away from where we're at right now. And out in the mountains out there, I was uh, building log cabins up in the mountain, up in the mountains out there and hiking all the time and very active. And I would say that that kind of continued until about... Uh, I would say uh, uh, about 32 or 33 when we moved back to Minnesota and I got, I went switching from industrial maintenance to uh, working uh, a lot in the mountains. I was on the fire department EMT to kind of more of residential maintenance. So it slowed my activity way down. And I think that's kind of when my weight gain really started and where it really picked up is in uh, my, we adopted our daughter Celie. Uh, she'll be six in February but we were there from uh, the day she was born. We we're right at the hospital. And uh, that was 2015. And I noticed a lot of weight gain uh, from that period on to when I just started fasting. And what I, you know, kind of contribute to that now looking backwards is I've always been kind of a heavy eater or a grazer. Um, I didn't, I don't really eat big portions, but I eat all day. And when I had a lot of energy and do a lot of things, I'd burn that off really fast. Well, as my as things kind of slowed down in my life, uh, I noticed that that would catch up faster. 
And also looking back, I had a couple of milestone things in my life that kind of, you know, I think had a lot of, a lot of contributing factors to it. In 2009, I got laid off for about 10 months and not doing anything besides sitting in the house. I uh, gained a lot of weight in that time, but then got working again and got a little bit more active. And we uh, were on the adoption process for about 12 years. And we actually got pretty close a couple times and got turned down by uh, some birth parents for whatever reason. And then that kind of, kind of, you know, brought me down to a, a little darker path. You know, that, that was kind of another kind of blow in life a little bit. Uh, and I would say most recently, a couple of years ago, uh, with our daughter being adopted, we don't have a lot of birth history with that. And from when she was born, we could tell there was a lot of struggle and a lot of aggression. And uh, when she was three, we actually got her diagnosed with uh, autism and fetal alcohol syndrome. And I think that was kind of the, the turning point for me and kind of really shut down because I had a tough time with, with uh, coping with that. And I could just tell the weight really gained from there. And uh, I got to a point, you know, like, you hear a lot of people say, you know, it, it, you can kind of tell the the struggle through early childhood or through your early years, but that last four years uh, happened so fast. I really didn't know what was going on. I gained so much weight that when I climbed upstairs, I was out of breath when I got up top. I couldn't uh, lay down on the floor to play with my daughter. I had a lot of health problems, a lot of breathing problems. When I went outside and shoveled, I felt like I was having a heart attack. A lot of times and I was just not healthy and it happened really quick and um, it got to the point where I wasn't being the best I can be and I was actually getting really scared and nervous for my health and so I decided to start fasting I heard about it a little bit through through different channels and it was like a light switch I wasn't doing anything one day and the next day I dove right into fasting yeah, that's fantastic, Billy. That's quite a backstory there. So at a younger age, you're always sort of active and then you just found yourself gaining that weight like a lot of us do through various things and stresses in your life. And so when you came to fasting, Billy, just run us through some of your stats. What sort of weight were you and your height and that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, I'm currently 39 and I'm five foot seven. And I went about this a little different way. I knew if I would jump on a scale, I would run. Um, I wouldn't, it would kind of scare me, but from doctor's appointments, cause I was getting a lot of doctor's appointments at that time. So they weigh you uh, a lot through those. I was about 300 and 310 right in, right between there when I started fasting and, uh, today, and I started July 8th of this past, past July 8th. And today, uh, cause I weigh myself every day now, cause I use it as motivation now to kind of, uh, beat those numbers and kind of track a little bit more. I'm at, I I float between 217 and 221. Okay. So currently, right now, you're around that 217, 221, Mark? Correct. Yep. Yep. How, how long have you been at the fasting now, Billy, all up? I've been uh, just under six months. And what I did is the, the first day, I, I always clean fast. I, uh, I did it right from the beginning because uh, I, I did a lot of research. I'm, I'm an analytical mind because I, I come from a mechanical engineering background so my whole brain's like a pie chart i always have graphs and i i just map out everything it's kind of how i work so i really did my research and kind of you know what works what didn't work and kind of made a graph off that and i just dove right into 16.8 my first day and the next day i was like you know that wasn't too bad um i'm gonna try you know 18 hours and then i'm like well, wow, that was a little bit easier than I thought. So I went right into 20 hours. So my third day, I was already doing 20 out, you know, 20 hours on uh, and uh, eating for four hours. And I kept that up every day for a long periods of time. And I would try a little bit longer, but, you know, I was kind of a little nervous to, to go longer than that because I wanted to get my body time to adjust as well. And I would say about a month in, I started doing, you know, skipping Mondays, you know, doing mealless Mondays. And now I am... Uh, trying ADF. I've done that for the last two weeks and it's working out pretty well. And I'm, I don't know if I'll stay there, but when I first started, I, uh, I just, I started walking every day. 
bike riding and becoming really active in my life. And I have a very supportive, amazing wife. And what I told her is I need to do this for you guys. So I almost became a little bit selfish in that way. Uh, Cause with a special needs daughter, our life is 24 hours a day. Uh, she sleeps, our daughter sleeps about three or four hours at night and it's not consistent. So one of us up is 24 hours a day. And wow, that she was quite stressful, very stressful. And I think that's where the major weight gain, because besides eating when I was awake, I was awake every hour of the day. So I just kept eating and eating and eating and the stress too. you know, that also weighs on your body. So when I would get home from working all day, I would even come in the house. I would jump on my bike. I'd go for a hike after work. And I just, I had to kind of, where, where I lost through all this was kind of my identity. And I needed to get that back so I can be the best dad I could be and be the best husband I could be. The best analogy I could use for it is like a hot water tank in your house. If you run a couple things, you know, a couple faucets, you can keep up the hot water tank keeps up. If you run a lot of things at one time, it'll drain the hot water, but it can recharge. The problem is my hot water tank, you know, inside my body had a lot of buildup. So anything that I would, you know, anybody that was demanding anything out of me, I can only give 50% of that. And that was to where I was mentally and physically. And I had to correct that so I can be 100% for my job, uh, for my wife, and for my daughter. Oh, I love that, mate. Absolutely fantastic. I think so many of us can resonate with that, Billy, um, especially the love we have for our family and the love you have for your family is shining through there already in this interview. But, Billy, going back a bit, before you were doing IF and you are talking about the eating and the stresses you had there, do you think that you had any sort of things like a sugar addiction or anything like that, or, or was it just eating in general? I, you know, as you kind of, you, you kind of go forwards and work backwards because you, you kind of think of your life before fasting and uh, kind of what triggers are. Cause when you're eating all the time, you don't, I mean, you're just, you don't think of a lot of things. Um, I would say gluten for sure. Uh, cause I cut out all beer and that was a big difference right there. Um, I don't do a lot of breads, uh, and I cut down a lot of my sugar and I noticed even with fasting, if I had like one or two beers at night, I felt really heavy. Um, just, you know, just physically heavy. Like you just, you could just tell it was just weighing down on me. And I think all those habits is where I got where I was at today. You know, when, right before I was, uh, started fasting, I would have like sleep apnea. I would quit breathing multiple times a night and I would wake up like gasping for air. And that would happen many times per hour through the whole night. And I would get super lightheaded and dizzy. And since I've been doing this, I have not had any of that. I don't snore anymore at night and I can, I'm back to hiking and, and, um, I'm not never really been a runner, but you know, getting a lot more active again. That's fantastic. And um, it's very freeing, Billy. But just your weight loss is quite staggering in that six months. I mean, you're, you're looking around, what, 80 pounds, something like that. And then um, so maybe nearly 90 pounds. So for Australian and New Zealand listeners, uh, Billy was talking about there his top weight when he came into the fasting. He was around 140 kgs and now he's at 100 kgs, kilograms. Um, which is about 220 pounds, roughly, Billy. That's where you are now, yeah? Correct. And, you know, yeah. the, the, the reason why I didn't want to do my weight at the beginning, even though I knew what weight I was, I didn't want to do the weight every day, is because I don't want to get stuck on that number. Because I knew if I didn't see results that way, I wouldn't have continued to do the fasting through today. So my body went through fast changes. I mean, I'm very fortunate in how fast it I've lost weight and, and, and felt amazing, you know, all the differences right away. Um, but if I would have been stuck in that number, I wouldn't have had that, but I've kind of got to a place now where I want to kind of use that as motivation and also, um, kind of fine tune where I'm at because before I never restricted anything. When my eating window was open, it was open. I ate whatever, whenever, um, in that window. 
And now I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful of what I'm putting in my body and kind of experimenting a little bit because, you know, you could eat all of your day's calories in three hours. Well, it's going to take you that much longer to burn that when you're fasting. So to get the most out of your time of fasting, you better use that time while you're, you know, you're refilling. Yeah. Did you find your taste sort of naturally changed anyway, Billy? And did you find that you were starting to get that appetite corrected with your fasting? Oh, with uh, 100%. Um, I was real kind of picky with foods before. I, I, I was, you know, like a meat potatoes person or I didn't really like a lot of vegetables. And now I can actually taste food where before I just had it as, you know, I, I wanted to eat. So I was eating things. So um, when we order out for food or when we make uh, things that, you know, dinner at home now, it's, it's, it's more flavorable uh, because when you're eating at a shorter period of time, you want to enjoy food and, and also you, you want to kind of it, just have a different perspective of what you're putting in your body, of what's healthy, not healthy, but also your, my taste buds change dramatically in that. Yeah. It's that mindful eating, isn't it? Billy, it is. When we get it to is. that yep. point where, and I think intermittent fasting is a real, and it does that. It, 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 for me, it was an art form almost. I mean, I always like to say, Billy, for most of my life, I tasted addiction and not not food. And when I ate food, it was just basically volume. I, I really wasn't tasting it. And now I find when I eat food, it's almost like a joyful experience where you get those flavors of foods that you thought you would never eat exploding in your mouth and you, you start savoring it and it almost becomes sort of like a mini theater, if you like. Oh, for sure. And, you know, what I do now is, you know, I do my – when I do an uh, ADF or a mealless Monday, I already have my Tuesday meal kind of, or my next day's meal picked out. So I kind of look forward to it, but it's also, it's like really rich and flavorful food because you're, when you get to eat again, you want to enjoy it. Or before I ate till the point where I wanted to pass out, fall asleep, you know, just like you just, you just eat until you can't eat anymore. And it, like you it was a mindful thing. You know, it, I think of it, you know, I can call it what it is. It was an addiction. I had an addiction to food when I would, and it's kind of your mindset as well, you know, living in the Midwest, um, I live in Minnesota and, uh, my parents and in-laws have a cabin and in the wintertime you take the docks out of the water. Well, when we went up there to do dock weekends, I had the mindset of, I had to wake up super early, carb load a big breakfast um, do a bunch of work at lunchtime, eat even more food, uh, finish the work, and at nighttime have a huge dinner because you thought you had to have food for fuel. Well, this last uh, about a month ago when I went up to do docs, I didn't eat at all that day. I actually used it as a mealless day, and I had more energy than I ever had before doing that because you learn your body more and you learn on how your body can use those resources. And it, food actually bogs you down in that way. It does, yeah. So, Billy, when you were doing the 20 to and 4 and then you moved to the ADF, what sort of uh, changes did you notice and what benefits were you getting from doing that uh, longer fast with the alternate day fasting? I would say, you know, in the, probably in the last three weeks, you know, the weight loss is one part of one-tenth of your whole experience with fasting. Um, when... Right before I started fasting, when I was telling you, like, you know, like I was only given 50%, my, you know, my mind was probably only working at 25%. It felt, it felt bogged down. I, I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't all there. And now uh, with work, I'm, I can, you know, think way more clearly. I'm doing a lot more things, being active. I'm a lot more engaging and even talking uh, to people, which is a simple thing. I can carry on conversations way better. I, you know, it's like my wife said, like I, like she has her husband back from 10 plus years ago that's been missing in there because I'm, you know, it's, it's a, it's a mental thing as just as much as it is a physical thing. And I think I've noticed a big difference in the mental side of it in the last three weeks. And that to me is worth all of it right there. Um, for being a father, yeah. being a husband, you know son and all that 
Yeah, I think it's that real shift, isn't it? We get into that mindset now. And I know for me, I agree with you 100%. And I say that a lot, that intermittent fasting is not just about weight loss. And we're two guys that have lost a lot of weight. And we know that. And we know what it's done for us, um, you know, with the health benefits and just the way we sort of go through our daily life. And we know how much better it is for those around us, and particularly our wives. And I always used to think at night, what's it like for my wife? You know, like I'm a guy that's lost 130 pounds or 62 kilos lying next to her. It must be so weird for our partners sometimes. Do you feel like that too? Do you often think, wow, it must be hard for them? I think it's, it's more, I think, you know, obviously I gained weight um, before I was, you know, 34, 35 uh, when my daughter was born. But I think it happened so fast that I wasn't here to support my wife in that way. So I think it's more of a relief that she doesn't have to hold that burden anymore of kind of, you know, picking up that slack when I was at home and I couldn't give that 100%. And it's kind of, you know, refilled a lot of that connection um, that you would have before. And, it, and in some ways, it, it's, uh, it for sure saved my life. I, I thought for sure. I would not, I'm going to be 40 in March and I didn't know if I was going to see much past 40. I mean, it was really that bad. And there's a lot of difference between being alive and living. And now I feel like I'm finally living than just being alive. Yeah, that's a great point, mate. And it's getting off the couch and into life, isn't it? Exactly. It's all that. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever get to that tipping point, Billy, where you thought that you were never going to be anything else but obese in your life? Absolutely. Um, I didn't think I'd be uh, alive, to be honest. Um, uh, One thing that kind of really stuck with me, you know, having a special needs uh, daughter is uh, we were we follow a lot of people um, through the special needs community because we made a lot of connections through that. And we were watching this video of uh, of this mom and and her daughter and her daughter is probably 28, 29 years old, right in there living at home and still really dependent on her parents. And I'm not saying like Celia, my daughter's going to be that way, but it came to real, you know, the realization, like she might need me. I'm not going to be here her whole life, but the life that I have with her, she needs all of me during that time. So it, it came to realization, like I can't be here for her if I can't be here for myself. And that's where, you know, I said, where the, um, kind of the selfish part was at the beginning. Like I needed to be selfish for a, for a short period of time to be everything I need to be for everyone else the rest of the time. Yeah, and that's that loving yourself first, mate, coming true. And I mean, I found when I started loving myself first, I was able to do all that. And I was able, everybody around me, I was able to operate better and be a better person for them. And I think that's what you're talking about there, that you got yourself into that space. I need to start looking after myself. I need to start loving myself. I need to start getting my health back so I can be there for my little girl or my wife. Yeah, you can even see it in pictures. You know, my eyes are open. I'm not hiding behind other people anymore. Um, it, and I still have more weight to lose. I'm not, you know, I'm not at my goal weight or I'm not where I, you know, exactly where I want to be, but that'll happen. You know, this is a, a lifelong journey. It's not a, it's not a race. You know, I think where, um, for me anyway, when I started fasting, I didn't have benchmarks. I didn't have end goals. I didn't have, well, hey, I want to weigh 185 pounds, do 50 push-ups, and, you know, a bunch of things. I wanted to make it to day two. Then I wanted to make it to day three and to day four and so on. Because I had to look at that way to start. Because if I wanted, you know, to lose 100 pounds, I'd lose focus on what I was trying to do. You know, I was at the place where I had to start. It wasn't about the finish line. It was about the start line. The start line is way harder than the finish line. Once you start, you can finish. And it's never a finish because you're always going to be dapping. You're going to be in maintenance. You're going to be other things. And for me, it was just day one, day two, and day three. 100% right. And, um, even when you get there, Billy, I know I've been in maintenance now for nearly two years, just coming up, and you're always working at it. 
it's but I, I what happens now is during the day when I fast, I basically just forget about it. Like I wake up in the morning and I go about my day and you know, I wake up, I shower, I brush my teeth, I put my clothes on, I go to work, and I don't even think about that I'm actually fasting. I know that I eat at five o'clock and, and that's just become habit for me. And I think a lot of people that talk about white knuckling to their windows and all that. And in the early sort of stages, I had a bit of that, but I think the longer you go, Billy, the more you just think, well, this is just what I do now. This is going to be my lifestyle. And you just, you just get into it. Exactly. And I'm at the place now where, you know, you have those apps and you have all that, which is helpful at the beginning for tracking. But when you, it, it becomes part of you and it's your, your body changes. And one of the most free things of, of it, you know, when I work, I used to pack a big lunch. Well, I don't even eat till I get home from work. So it's just waking up. You know, like I said, you're brushing your teeth, you're going out for your day. You're not even thinking about food. You're not thinking about any of that until you get home with your family and then you're enjoying foods like, you know, your good supper, your, you know, your snacks, everything that you took for granted for so many years, now you're enjoying those things. And it's, it's more of, a, of an experience now than is just food on a plate that you're just um, consuming. Because, you know, like a lot of addictions, I, I know I have a food addiction, and that's, obviously that's where it got me to the place where I'm at. And that addiction will probably always be there. So it's a lifelong journey of keeping that at bay and knowing that you, you know, that you have that and, and working on it all the time. Yeah, you have to be mindful of that, um, Billy, even when you do get to that maintenance that you do have that point. And I think you really have done this great and you've sort of delved into it a bit about what brought you to this point in the first place. And when I ask people about their backstory, and I know I wrote a fair bit of backstory in my book, but I think it's important for people to understand what is your backstory? How did you actually get to that point where you become so obese you had to look for something like intermittent fasting? And what caused that? What were the triggers? I mean, everybody just says, oh, you want to lose weight, just eat less. But they don't understand that there could be something else going on behind there, like, you know, the stresses that you've had. Um, you know, your little girl, I, I can't imagine how stressful that would be, Billy. It is. It's very, you know, it, she's, for, she's perfect. She's an amazing young child that's changing the world around her. And um, my story with being a special needs dad and weight um, addiction or eating, you know, addiction, it help. I want to help people because when you help people, you help yourself. Uh, so we launched uh, Flannaville. So it's a web, you know, a Facebook page of, of telling our story and connecting with other special needs parents out there and being a support system for, for them. And it, it's, it is that backstory that helps so many people because they're in that same place, but they don't know how to get to that start line. And it's helping them to get over that and be a, a support as well through that. You know, since I've started this fasting journey, there's a handful of people that I talk to um, on a you know, weekly basis on how's it going or, you know, kind of be in that support system with them because that gives me motivation to keep going. It's like, you know, I'm helping them, they're helping me. And at, at the end of the day, we all help each other. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Billy, like, obviously, that's pretty dramatic sort of weight loss there that you've had in a short space of time. Do people gravitate towards you and say, hey, Billy, what are you doing? What's going on, mate? Well, that's kind of a weird thing in, in, in a way, because um, here anyway, uh, um, we've been either on lockdown or things have been shut down uh, because of the pandemic. So I haven't seen some people in almost a year. And a few times when I've seen people, when you go from 300 to 310, you know, 310 to 220, that's a noticeable difference. That's not 10, 15 pounds. When you're half the person, it's a major, you know, thing. So when I've been starting to see some people now and yeah, it's totally diff noticeable and uh, they're very encouraging. Um, they ask a lot too, like, Hey, what are you doing? And I say intermittent fasting, I'm like, well, I've heard of that, but that's very hard to do. I'm like, and I kind of give them a little backstory about fasting and kind of what works for me. And I never tell anybody of what kind of fast they should do because I don't want to, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know their body. I just say, just start skipping breakfast or just start doing something. If that works good for you, add a little bit more. If that works for you, add a little bit more. 
um, and just kind of check in with them as well. And, and uh, a few people that I've talked to have already started seeing that difference. Billy, I can tell you something. You're going to have a lot of fun uh, when people start emerging out of the lockdown and seeing you because I know what that's like when people haven't seen you for a while and they almost fall over. I've had people that I've known for 20 years walk clean past me in the street and didn't even know it was me. And um, the funny thing was, well, it wasn't funny. I was at a funeral, but I was at a funeral and an old workmate died. Um, We all worked together at this place about 15 years ago. And this guy was standing there and he said, oh, what happened to Graham Curry? Is he still alive? And they all started laughing and they said, yeah, he's standing right next to you. And he said, oh, my God, what's happened to you? And, um, and the people's first reaction when they see somebody like us, Billy, that's lost a lot of weight, they'll think, oh, has he been sick? Has he had some sort of, you know, weight loss reduction surgery or, or what's happened? Huh. It's hard for them to sort of get their head around. I've had that, too. And I've had people say, you know, when I tell them kind of my eating windows and stuff, it's like, well, of course, you'll lose weight if you don't eat. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. But it's, it's also, it's not just starving yourself. It's knowing your body and the right things to do with that as well. You know, it's not just about, I'm not going to eat for three days and, you know, and not take care of yourself. It's, it's, uh, it's the whole intermittent fasting bubble. I wouldn't say if you don't, but it's a harder time to get some of the results you're looking for if you don't do a true clean fast, in my opinion of that anyway. Because there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've been true to, to clean fasting the whole time, but on days that I'm a little bit more lax, I've only been a couple of days, I noticed a huge difference in hunger pains where I can go for a longer window and not feel that. But then if I'm not doing things quite right, I get to like four or five o'clock and I can just, I can't even, I have to eat because I, I can just feel my stomach in that way. Yeah, I think... And as you know, Billy, I'm a big uh, advocate for the clean fast myself. And um, I don't see any point in fasting if you're not clean fasting. There's simply no, no. point because what, what we're doing is trying to give us our, our body that time, that maximum rest for our organs to sort of do its work and its magic. And the healing powers of intermittent fasting are mainly from that clean fast. And when you're interfering with that process all the time, it just slows everything down. I mean, you may well lose some weight if you have a cream in your coffee and all that. But at the end of the day, if you're, you want to get the full maximum benefits out of what you're doing, why cut corners? Just clean fast. Exactly. And, you know, what, what I tell people today or what I would give the best advice is definitely do the clean fast, but don't have a number in your head. Don't say, I want to lose 100 pounds. I want to be this weight. Just start and do the clean. Everything will come and it's time. And you will get the results. You'll get more results than you ever even thought that you was possible with fasting because it's hard to, you can hear about weight loss, uh, mental clarity, uh, having more energy, you know, getting out of bed better. But until it happens to your own body, it's not like you don't believe it, but now you feel it. When you feel it, the rest of it doesn't matter because if you feel better, you'll do better. You'll be better. You'll just, everything will just, it'll come together. Yeah, it's that seeing is believing, Billy, you know. It's when, you know, I look at my hands now as you're talking and not seeing that psoriasis on my hands. I mean, for me, that was a sealer. I mean, when that started just disappearing off my body, I just thought, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. And then there were so many other things. And, you know, that people talk about, I mean, I talked to Charlie Cifarelli back in episode seven. His hair has got so much thicker. All these things that happen to people people's eyesight improved. Absolutely. And you, if somebody had said, and somebody said to me, your eyesight might improve, I'd say, don't be so ridiculous. But I went down to my, the eye doctor and he said to me, your eyesight has improved since the last time you were here. And I was like, wow. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's, it's, it's um, you know, for me as well, you know, arthritis runs in my family. Uh, and I could feel, I could feel my body tightening up. Like when I get out of bed in the morning, I could just, I had to roll over. I, it just took me forever. When I, when I had went down on the floor to play with my daughter, I just felt uncomfortable. And I, 
you know, I sleep on the floor now with her because, you know, like I said, our house is 24 seven. And when she's awake, you have to be with her or else she won't fall asleep. So I spent a lot of hours, uh, unfortunately sleeping on the floor with her, but I can do that now. Um, I'm going to be 40. I still get a little bit sore, but that, you know, that's just natural things, but it's not like it used to be, you know, where I held most of my weight, which I think it contributed to most of my health problems is obviously I, you know, you could see it from head to toe, but my midsection was probably 80% of my weight. And all that was just pulling down on me. I didn't have it spread through my legs or my neck. It was all right there. And that's why I really thought I was having heart attacks or I wasn't feeling very well or getting faint because it was just crushing my organs. I could just feel my body just, you know, I intermittent fasting saved my life, but also gave me life in, in that way. Yeah. Did you, did you have any health problems, Billy, before you came to IF? Um, th- th- those four years, from what no, you mentioned? They, they, that really happened in the last you know, three, four years leading up to intermittent fasting, but through my early years and through my twenties, nothing. I mean, I would barely get a cold through the year. I mean, I was pretty healthy. I just feel like once I started gaining all that weight, that's when all the health problems started. Yeah. So you're such a shining light. I mean, people in lockdown with COVID and that we hear a lot about the, what they call a COVID-19 pounds where people have been stressed out, been in lockdown. And I can understand that. It must be a terrible situation. I mean, we've been pretty lucky here in Australia, nowhere near like what you guys have been there. But you've taken that situation and you've turned it into a positive and you've used this unprecedented time to really rejuvenate yourself and turn your health around completely. Absolutely. Like you said, once this is all done, I'm going to have a lot of fun. You know, it's I'm going to enjoy things. We're going to, you know, do trips. I won't, you know, we had to cancel our big family trip, obviously, because due to uh, um, COVID. But the next time I go on a family trip, I'll actually be able to enjoy it. I'll be present. You know, it's, I've always been around physically, but I haven't always been around mentally. And I would say the biggest difference has definitely been the mental part of it. And I would say to anybody too, going, I mean, just start, just try it one day and you realize, you know, and go to day two, day two works out, go to day three. Um, I've never been a dieter. If you told me to diet or do keto or any of that, I couldn't do that. Um, that's why I did the fasting because I could, it was easier for me to restrict the time of eating than it was, um, restricting what I was eating at that when I started fasting. But now that I'm a little bit yeah. into it, I'm more playing around with it and, and kind of, you know, I still don't do a diet plan, but I'm being a little bit more mindful of, of what I'm eating still. Yeah, you're really developing that mental part of it as well and your mindset, Billy. I can really hear that resonating through your voice there and what you're talking about. And I think the mental side of IF is 90% of it. And um, if you can get your head around that, hey, I'm going to fast, I'm going to eat in the window, I'm going to stop eating when I'm full, I'm not going to keep eating. And I think some people struggle with intermittent fasting because they might think, okay, I've got a two, three, four-hour window today. And they just continue to eat for the whole two, three, four hours rather than developing that, I'm going to have a nice meal, I'm going to enjoy it, I'm going to savor it. And when I get to that point, of where I'm, you know how you get that signal, Billy, where you just know you've had enough? Just stop. Exactly. You know, we had a, um, you know, we had Thanksgiving uh, last week here. And uh, it was the first time that I ever known in my life that I had one plate. I had one plate of food and that was it. And I was happy. I was satisfied, not full. I was just happy. And, and, and that's definitely what's changed for me in the last probably month and a month and a half is figuring out that window because that eating habits are still there. So now the, the mental part comes in of trying to break those habits. Because like I said before, you could eat 12 hours of a day in a short amount of time. Well, that's not going to help you in the long run. So you have to have a somewhat of a mindful eating window at the same time as doing the true clean fast to get the most results with a little bit of activity for sure. I definitely notice on days that I'm doing a longer fast, 
and I do a little bit of exercise, I feel way better going into the next day. Yeah. What do you do for exercise? Well, with winter coming, I'm not out as much as I used to be. So I'm trying to figure out that actually inside more. Uh, So I, you know, I kind of alternate days now where I do light um, weightlifting, pushups, planking. And then uh, the flip day, I, uh, I have an exercise bike. I do a little bit of biking and just got started into jump roping. And I've done a lot of research, you know, with that analytical mind of what's the best low impact thing you can do for your body with the most results. And I actually going to order a rowing machine for inside because um, a lot of research I've done uh, says that's a great way to kind of get a full body workout without being, you know, a full impact body workout with being the, the, the least amount of resistance. Yeah, I've got a rowing machine myself, and um, I agree with you 100%. And the rowing machine really does give you that all-round sort of feeling that you've worked everything. Where I walk a lot too, Billy, and jog a little bit. But when I walk, I just feel like, okay, I've walked and I, I feel good. And, but I feel like my legs have been sort of, you know, had a workout and all that sort of thing. But when I use a rowing machine, everything gets Absolutely. a workout. And that's what I'm definitely most excited about. Like. Now that I've been in it for a little while, like before I had to just start, I was at day one, day two, day three, but now I'm, I'm coming more, you know, analytical about it and kind of, you know, I'm fine. I'm kind of finding my new life balance, kind of what, you know, my new habits of taking away the old habits, because, you know, it's one thing to lose weight, but I also want to build my core. I don't want to be a bodybuilder by any means, but, you know, everyone can use a little bit more strength and have, you know, a sturdy foundation. And it's about building those muscles up to, to feel better. Like you said, you can walk all day long, but you really feel it in your legs. Yeah. I don't know if you know um, John Jerry Saunders, who posts in our group. And you might see him doing exercises and that sort of thing. And he's a big believer in using your own body weight. And for, he's been fasting for some six or seven years now. And he gets up in the morning and he does a few push-ups. He does a few chin-ups. And when I look at him, you would think that he's been down the gym every day, all day. And he's just said that consistent, just doing that yeah. little bit, using your own body weight. Yeah, every it's not day about helps. doing hours of exercise. It's just about doing mindful. That's why I do planking because it's, it's, uh, I mean, hold a plank for a minute. You, your whole body's shaking, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, you can feel those results and push ups are using your own body for that. You know, when I was, cause I had to do a, uh, a push-up deal for because uh, I was on used to be on the fire department. It was kind of one of those things to get on the fire department. I do like, one of those physical aptitude things, and I could do well over fifty push-ups. Well, I, when I got to the point of intermittent fasting, I could barely do ten. So with adding all that extra weight, plus probably muscle loss because I wasn't as active I was, it, I could definitely feel that big difference. And when, now with fasting. Losing that weight, you're not, you know, you don't have all that you're trying to push against you and then trying to tone at the same time is, a, has been kind of the good combination that I've been running into as far as just feeling healthier all around. Yeah. Just talking about toning there, Billy, have you had much trouble with loose skin at all? Um, I would not so much. I would probably say little bit in my stomach now because that's you know like i told you before that's kind of where i uh held most of my weight was my midsection um but surprisingly enough it's not too much i got a little bit under my arms but i don't think it's so much loose muscle as much as it is just (laughs) um lack of muscle so that's what i've been working on now with a little bit of light weights and um push-ups and and planking as well yeah i noticed that the longer i fast billy the tighter my body seems to get just naturally. Yeah. And um, I noticed around looking at my abdomen and that, and I, I saw in the mirror one day and I thought, wow, I'm actually starting to see my abs come through here. And I think fasting over a period of time really just does help. And when I people say to me, oh, you know, I'm worried about losing a lot of weight and I'll have loose skin. And I'll say, hey, well, what if you do have loose skin? What's better? 
having a bit of loose skin or being, you know, down at the cemetery dying. Exactly. You know, and I, I haven't had a lot of loose skin. I think more of what's left is, you know, just burning off those. Um, like I still at 220, you know, being uh, 39 and five foot seven, you know, I should be about 185, 170 for weight, which, you know, if I get down there, that's great. But I'm still, you know, it's a great thing to say that I'm overweight because that's where I'm at now. I'm not obese. Um, so that's it. So yeah. I still have more to lose in that, but I don't even care because I feel so much better in a lot of other ways that that extra weight, even I know that'll happen. And I know the rest of it will happen. I'm just enjoying the results and the life I have now coming to that. I know we, well, for myself, Billy, I don't put a lot of credence on the yeah. BMI um, setup, but I know when I moved from morbidly obese to overweight, I felt so great about it. And then, um, and then I moved into that sort of close. I'm still overweight, you know, for my height. I'm six foot five, and I'm two twenty. So I look lean, but on the BMI scale, I'm still not quite there, but very close. But it was actually funny. I went to the doctor one day, and he wrote a referral for me, and he said, "Mr. Curry is a tall, slim man," and I started laughing. <laughs> he said, "What are you laughing at?" And I pulled out my phone and I said, "Have a look at this." And he said, what? And um, I said, yeah, that's why I'm laughing. I've never been called a tall slip man in my life. Yeah, and it's a great feeling. And it's, you know, like you said, don't get stuck. The BMI part of it, um, it, it, your body is naturally doing what it should be doing with fasting. You're getting way more benefits than weight and BMI results. And those are happening. But if you're only focused on that, if I, that's why I didn't do the scale. I'm sorry, I'm going a little bit backwards here. But that's why I didn't do the scale at the beginning. Because if I would have looked at those numbers, I would have lost fact that I could sit with my legs crossed. I could lose, I lost fact that I could have, you know, that I was not storing at night anymore, that I, uh, I could play with my daughter. I wouldn't have been thinking about those things. I'm like, oh, my God, I only lost two pounds this week. Or like, oh, my BMI didn't move. And I would have been fixated on that. So I, I just started weighing myself about, uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, I think that's a good way that you've done things there, Billy, for sure. So, Billy, we talk about the support networks on our journeys with intermittent fasting. Obviously, you have the love of your family, your wife and, and your daughter there. Where else did you sort of look for support? Did you find the Facebook intermittent fasting communities helpful? Yes, I'm a uh, member of a couple of uh, those communities as well. And um, I didn't really start those until after I was fasting. But what I like about those is the same way, the reason why I, um, uh, I've connected with, you know, special needs parents is that you find that support system. And uh, if you're having a struggle or if you have a question, somebody's either gone through it or they're going through it and they can answer that. But what a lot of people don't realize when you ask a question in a page, you're asking it for yourself, but somebody might also have that question, but they might not want to ask it or never even thought of it. Cause I've had a lot of those light bulb ideas. I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. I didn't even realize it. And I see those answers and I, you know, I, I adapt things and try it out and like that worked. And I would have never even thought of asking that questions or I might've been too afraid to even ask it. Yeah. So with you being a very busy dad and that sort of thing, Billy, what do you say to people when they say, you know, oh, I've got a family, I've got kids, or, or, you know, I don't want to lead a bad example for them by fasting, that sort of thing. What do you tell people when they talk about that? I would say the, the start, what it takes to do the fasting at the beginning and do it right you're going to have way more of a life with your family in the long run than you, that you may have before fasting. And even though I was being, you know, selfish about it and doing the walks and doing the things after work, um, when I was home, it was way more quality time than it was before I was fasting up and just being at home. Like I said, being present and being active are way two different things. I was always been home, but I'm, I was never, really present in the way that I should have been. 
And it's just do day one and get to yeah. day two. It's that start line. Don't worry about the finish line. Don't worry about the results. Just, you know, um, just try day one out. You know, I always tell people that when I talk about it now, just like, just try it one day. Just, you know, do a full clean fast. And if that works out, do it day two. And generally when people do yeah. that, Billy you can is... notice the difference pretty quick. Yeah. Is the science something that's important to you around IF, Billy, or do you just find that you're the sort of experimental one? Yourself? The science part of it? I, yeah. I find that fascinating in a lot of things anyway, because being a, uh, a mechanical mind, I just, you know, I, that's how, that's how my mind works. I just, I like the science of things. I like doing research. You know, I kind of, I do enough research to know uh, kind of more tailored what I want and kind of build off of that, but I don't get such narrow vision that I get only get stuck with it. Um, you know, I, I've adapted a lot of things at the, while I've been through my fasting journey, but at the same time, I haven't changed it every day. You have to give something enough time to see if it works than just changing it the following day. Yeah, I think so. I, I think is some people do like, you know, they change it every three or four days because they think it's not working. But I think if you give it at least maybe each protocol, two, three weeks. See yeah, what do they say? Works. The 28-day clean the fast? Episode. You know, give it 28 days of one consistent thing. You know, let your body adapt and get used to it. And yeah. it's not about, you know, diving head first and doing the most extreme things. It's just a matter of doing what works for you. Figure out your body, what works your window. Everybody's different. You know, I've known people through these uh, support groups that um, their meal times are better, breakfast and lunch, and they skip dinner. If that works for them, that's great. It's it's not a one size fits all. It's a size that fits you, and it it's different for everyone. You've got to make it fit you, and you've got to make it fit your exactly. lifestyle, Billy. And you're dead right. You have to make this. You know, make it work for you. And I know, I used to always think how, I always love breakfast, right? Like on the weekends, I, I love nothing more than sitting out the back, having a feed of bacon and eggs and sausages and getting the morning paper. And that was my jam. I loved it, right? And then I thought, came to the minute of fasting. And I thought, well, how am I going to get around to this? And then I found out that you can actually have breakfast for dinner. And yeah. I do. And I, it's funny you said that because, uh, about a week ago, we just had breakfast for dinner. It's just, you know, you don't have to change everything. You just have to, you know, change a few things. And it's not even changing. It's just adapting to a new way. You know, you asked about, you know, how do you, if you have a family, like three, four kids, and you have a very active, busy lifestyle with work and at home, um, it's just finding that time. You know, there's a lot of times when I do an extended fast that we make dinner at home and my wife, and um, daughter eat dinner and obviously I don't you know if I skip dinner that night or if I have a longer window I, I'm still with them and we're still doing family you know dinner time at the table but I might have a tea or a coffee so you're still spending that family time you just don't have to have a plate of food in front of you to have that same quality time no that's great so Billy I wanted to ask you too before we go um what about clothing, mate? Obviously, losing 80 kilos or 80 pounds, sorry, and not being able to get out of the house much. Do you get your clothes online? Because um, your clothes yes, I've got so, You know, I just actually went through my closet and about three quarters of it I took out because losing that much weight fast, I was literally floating in clothes. And I actually, I've always been a leather belt person. I love leather belts, but now I use a ratchet belt because I actually keep my pants on. I'd rather have a belt I don't like and have my pants on than have my you know, pants fall off. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah. that's been a struggle, and that's something I'm dealing with now of restocking clothes. You know, you buy a lot of it online, but I'm still changing. You know, my shirt sizes are kind of – I think I'll be kind of where I'm at for a little while, but I don't want to buy too much if I'm still changing. I kind of want to see where, where my kind of my plateau is or kind of my resting weight but thrift stores are great too because you know you can get yeah. two three dollar pants that are still good that you, you know you don't care if oh three four weeks down the road that they don't fit anymore 
yeah, I know that I spent a fortune on clothes on the way down. And you've got to have a lot of fun too, Billy, when you, you get to that point where you just, you'll go to the label shops and you'll start wearing those. It's like food. You're, you're tasting clothes start going up and you want the nicer clothes yeah. and, and I found that I really yeah you know I, I'm a operations manager for uh, for uh, retail shopping centers and we have a lot of clothing stores obviously and when you walk down the street and you look at the display windows of men's clothing for the longest time I'm like you see those mannequins you know they don't have obese mannequins they have these you know slender looking you know good looking clothes you're like man I would love to wear stuff like that one day but you know I just never will be there. But now I'm walking down. I'm like, I'm almost to that place where I can buy that. And that's a great feeling. You know, when you get to a place where you start feeling good and you're looking good, I would say, you know, that's where that selfish part needs to become and reward yourself for it. You know, be happy, be, um, be proud of it and, and, you know, showcase it and be excited because at the end of the day, that's where it's going to keep you through. You know, there's been so many years where I lived in a shadow because I was, you know, ashamed who I was. And now that I'm losing all this weight and feeling better and looking better and, and being more present, I, I want to show that I want to be happy and be proud of that, of, of those accomplishments. Oh, I absolutely love that, mate. And I almost a mirror image of my thoughts. And um, even when I go down to get milk at, at the service station, I'll put on a nice shirt and I'll put on nice pants and nice boots. And my wife says, you're going to get milk. You don't have to get dressed up. And I said, well, I do because it makes Absolutely. me feel good. I want to feel good. I look good. I want to go down there and I want to feel good about myself. And there's nothing wrong with that after for how many decades have I felt bad and how many decades have I felt, you know, I, I had no decent clothes. Absolutely. You know, what I found about clothes too is, yeah. Obviously, I wore a lot bigger clothes than I do now, but for me to feel better and look skinnier, I even bought bigger clothes than what I should wear. So you were buying bigger clothes on top of bigger clothes because you thought you were looking better from it. And now when you can tuck in your shirts and you look better, you feel better, you know, fasting is a lifestyle and it takes a lot of, you know, it takes some work to change it and you should reward yourself from it and feel good because life's too short to not to feel good about yourself and to feel good about life. Like I'm at the place now where I'm not just alive, I'm living. And for the rest of the time that I have, no matter what, how much time that is, I want to live every one of those days as happy and as fun, you know, as I can. Yeah, that's great. Billy, we're nearly almost out of time, but I just wanted to touch on your group there. Just tell people how they spell Flanville, Flanville, is it? And also, how they can connect with you if they do have a special needs child and uh, are people from all around the yes, world. In that group uh, we too? have uh, uh, just shy of 3000 followers from everywhere. Um, it's Flanaville because our last name's Flan again, and it's Ville because there's three of us. So we're the village. So we're, uh, it's F L A N A V I L L E. And it's on Facebook. And if you need to get a hold of me, um, you can get a hold of me on that as well. And I've actually just started a dad podcast too for special needs dads and that's also on that planaville as well what's your podcast um dad talk from flanaville dad talk okay so what we'll do is you'll send me that info bill and we'll put it in the show notes and anybody out there listening with a special needs child uh may be able to connect with bill and Bill, I think you're a shining example for this lifestyle, and I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this chat. And I'd love to talk to you again in six months' time and see Absolutely. where you're at. And um, I think going forward, you're going to be a great advocate. But Billy Flanagan, thank you for joining me here on the Fast. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me as well and being part of your podcast. No worries, Billy. Take you care, well. mate. All the best. Oh, thank you so much, Billy. I really enjoyed that chat with you, mate. And I think you're an amazing man. And I think um, you're a real shining light, not only for intermittent fasting, but for humanity as well. And thank you for all you do for the special needs uh, community. And I think uh, anybody listening to today's podcast just put you on their Christmas list, mate. You're a fantastic person. Thank you.
Uh, so coming up next week, we got Bill McRae. Uh, Bill McRae is uh, an amazing guy. He's had a dramatic transformation as well. And Bill has some really great insights into living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. And he's a bit of a character, Bill, and he's a straight shooter. So you'll enjoy his podcast. And then also, as a reminder, the Fasting Highway website, um, that will actually be up in the next week. Uh, where people can go and get all the podcasts in one place. They can read all the show notes in one place. And they can get some information about the book. And for Australian and New Zealanders, um, you'll be able to get the book direct from the website. Uh, for anyone in America or the UK, Canada, etc., you're best off sticking with your local Amazon. Anyway, until next week, be well, be safe. And remember, clean fasting is everlasting.